Today's Global IQ Minute is with Condoleezza Rice. Dr. Rice served as National Security Advisor and U.S. Secretary of State during the George W. Bush administration. She is the author of the just-published bestseller, No Higher Honor, a memoir of my years in Washington. Thank you so much for joining us on Global IQ Minute. Pleasure to be with you. Yesterday, November 8th, the International Atomic Energy Agency released its report stating that Iran appears to be even closer to acquiring nuclear weapons. How concerned should we be, and what what can we do? We should be very concerned, uh, not just because of the uh, International Atomic Energy Agency report, which is indeed troubling, uh, but because Iran uh, is a country that is also a poster child for state sponsorship of terrorism. And so you have the potential nexus of terrorism and weapons of mass destruction, which is very, very frightening. Uh, the international community now really has to get serious about tough sanctions on Iran. We've had series, uh, a series of sanctions against Iran, uh, some when uh, we were in office in the Bush administration and additional sanctions under the Obama administration. But for instance, uh, it's time really to uh, prevent the import and export of oil and gas. Uh, it is time to go after the Iranian Central Bank. There are a number of things that can be done because this regime is not going to come clean. And uh, one doesn't want to leave the President of the United States with only an option uh, for military force, although it is an option he should never take off the table. News from Afghanistan continues to underscore the fragility of the Karzai government, and the security situation remains tenuous. Uh, the growing number of Americans are really becoming more against the war. Do you still feel it's in our national interest? It's in our national interest uh, to at least leave an Afghanistan that can defend itself uh, against a resurgence of the Taliban. Uh, that means an Afghan security force that can prevent an existential threat to the Afghan government. And we have time to train that force. The Afghans are good fighters, but they need uh, further security uh, training. Uh, secondly, it means helping the Afghans to build some decent governance, and uh, not just in Kabul, which Karzai is a difficult person, but he is, after all, the first elected uh, president of Afghanistan. But there are provincial governors who can be strengthened as well to give decent governance and reconstruction uh, help to the Afghan people. But the real wild card is Pakistan. Um, there you, you don't have uh, the kind of stability or really even commitment to rooting out extremism that is needed. Um, I really do believe that while Afghanistan has its own problems, Pakistan may be its biggest problem because of the shared ungoverned border in which terrorists can hide. And so while I think that we can, in the time left to us in Afghanistan, train the security forces and help the Afghan people find decent governance, uh, we really do have to find an answer to Pakistan and they have to become, uh, show a greater sense of urgency in uh, rooting out the extremism that is uh, not just destroying uh, the possibilities for security in Afghanistan, but it's destroying Pakistan itself. Russia has been your area of a particular interest. Vladimir Putin seems to be taking the country perhaps back to the authoritarian ways of the former Soviet Union. Has democracy truly taken root, or um, will it once again become a dictatorship? Well, I was first in uh, the Soviet Union in 1979, and uh, Russia is uh, not a democracy, but it also uh, isn't the Soviet Union, and for that we should be grateful the Russian people have a greater degree of personal freedom than they've ever had and greater prosperity than they've uh, ever had. But unfortunately, democracy is not taking hold. Unfortunately, uh, Mr. Putin 
has decided to make himself the once and future president of Russia, and uh, that's unfortunate because the way that it was announced really seemed to make a mockery of any chance for Russia's fragile democratic institutions to work. Uh, the good news is there's been some criticism of that, and uh, it's possible that the Russian people uh, are going to voice their discontent with this uh, kind of politics. Uh, the best uh, thing that we have going for us there is that uh, the Russians are, uh, the young Russians have experienced the world, they travel, uh, they want a different kind of society. Uh, many of them are involved in uh, business and in economics and eventually I have to believe that the Russian people who are among the world's most talented will ultimately demand a different kind of politics. Many feel that the United States is losing its competitive edge, especially in the global economy. Um, K through 12 education is a particular concern to you. I know that you are co-chairing a commission at the Council on Foreign Relations. How can students prepare themselves better to compete in the world economy? Well, I am very concerned about the state of K-12 education. Um, I've said it may be our greatest national security threat because uh, as a country, Americans are, as a people, we are not united by blood or ethnicity or religion. We are united by a belief that uh, you can come from humble circumstances and you can do great things, and the key to that has always been education. Today, when I can look at your zip code and tell whether or not you're going to get a good education, we've lost something very important. And so um, I would say uh, to students that uh, they must demand of themselves excellence. And teachers should demand of our students excellence because uh, our students, our young people, are not competing uh, just in the United States. They're competing in a global economy. And uh, it means that uh, we have to have excellent skills in math and science, something that's slipped in this country. We have to have uh, people who can read. Uh, many of our kids can't read by the time they're third grade. They're not going to read. And I'm a great believer in a broad education. Um, it really makes my skin crawl when I hear people say, well, music and the arts, that's extracurricular. Because I know that uh, through performance and through learning music and the arts, not only do people become broader, but uh, they become more confident. And so a broad education, demand for excellence, excellence among our teachers, uh, that will get us back on track. And we're still the most creative and innovative people in the world. And so I'm an optimist about America's future. And as you know, so many World Affairs Councils really have as part of their program bringing students into, in, into their programs and, and providing extra activities for teachers and training. Yes, and I, I've been associated with World Affairs Councils uh, around uh, the country and um, my own in, in the Bay Area. And I, the World Affairs Councils have wonderful programs for kids that really give them a, a window on the world. Uh, invite them to hear great speakers who've had experiences in the world. And I would hope that uh, that extends into the classroom. Uh, we need to know other cultures. We need to know the histories of other people. Kids can start learning a foreign language when they're nine or ten years old, and we now know that they'll know it a lot better because it imprints in a different way. And so I would encourage uh, our students to care about the world, learn about the world. The truth is, we're not all the same. We're very different, but that's why it's exciting to uh, learn about international uh, politics. Thank you so much, Dr. Rice. Thank you. Pleasure to be with you.